Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. I might chip out, man. I got this, yeah. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. It's time to listen to Reese and Dan on the Ankle Pick Pod. Welcome back, Ankle Pickers. We are here with a full cast and a little makeshift episode here. Danny, Kobe, how you guys doing? Either one can go off. What up, what up? There he is. Dan's doing well. I'm cold. Winter storm warning in Austin. Yeah, boo-hoo. It's like 30 degrees there, and they're crying. I'm sitting in Chicago in like actually six. So we got a little makeshift episode, as I alluded to. It's set the spread later. We're going to do recap now, and then Kobe's going to mix in a little news and notes later as well. So let's start with, I guess, uh, the recap. And it's recapping UFC 283, Jamal Hill versus Glover Deshera, Brandon Moreno versus Deverson Figueredo. But we'll go down the card and kind of just start from where I guess we had a couple bats. So, and I'll also add some of the finishes. Kobe, do you have all the bonuses ready? Cool. So, Daniel Marcos extends his undefeated streak 14 0, KOs, uh, same in Oliveira. Any surprise here for anyone? I mean, I know Dan and I were lukewarm on this one to begin with. We spoke, Reese, you and I on the phone right before this one started, and we yeah. kind of had a similar read where Simon just might not all be that cracked up. And so this one wasn't so surprising. But an electric way to start the card. Uh, yeah. And this whole card was rather electric. Uh, I lost a quarter unit on Zara Fairn. And I'm actually a little upset about it, too, because the read was fine. The read was fine. It was that she was going to use her range. She was going to be super rangy. Nunez wasn't going to shoot for a takedown. But and they looked like different weight classes, like completely. Like, multiple. Yeah. yeah. But ultimately, when someone is so trash, like just so trash, they can't make up for it. So basically, fair I believe won the first round and then just it completely expended her gas tank and it was just throwing the jab out very loosely the rest of the way. So I was disappointed in that one split decision. Dalby beats Warley Alves. This one bothered me because it went to decision. I'm like actually shocked by this. This is the first fight in Alves' entire career where he actually managed his gas tank reserve. So couldn't manage to pull out the third though. Um, Nicholas Dalby, impressive performance, turning back the clock a little bit. It's just weird, too, because both of them set records for significant strikes landed. Both of them were striking, high volume, landing, but the finish just never came. Terrence McKinney gets flying need by uh, Ismail Bonfim. This was another L for me. I did not see Bonfim on film, this dynamic of a striker. The line sussed me out a lot, the fact that it was even. Here's my question about this fight in particular. Is this, holy shit, Ismail Bonfim is legit? Or is this, holy shit, Terrence McKinney looked horrible, looked flat? 
looked lost. If you ask Terrence McKinney, he thinks it's uh, one of the worst performances he's ever had. But I personally came away from this card thinking, what a coming out performance for both Bonfim brothers. This was UFC Brazil, UFC Bonfim. Yeah, they both performed phenomenal. And I guess we'll just get to the other Bonfim. Gabriel Bonfim, the undefeated brother, the brother that I think gets a little bit more praise for his talent. Guillotines Munir Luzes in, in 50 seconds. First round guillotine. Embarrassing performance from uh, Luzes, in my opinion. I expected a lot more from him. I expect him to be able to stay at range. His IQ failed him there. But both Bonfims get nasty finishes. Kobe, did both Bonfims get a little guala guala? No, we jumped the gun a little bit. So Ismail did, not Gabriel. Though. Interesting. Yeah, the flying knee was nasty. And it's a great way to start off the year. A lot of really good finishes. And the Ismail Bonfim is one of those that I think come December we'll be talking about and bringing up still. But I can't help to think that Ismail Bonfim is going to be a fade for me in the future. Not that there was anything he did wrong here. He looked great. I just think Terrence McKinney looked horrible. He looked flat. He looked lost. And I think that these Bonfim brothers with the name Bonfim are going to have some heavy price tags after this performance. Cody Stamen, unanimous decision against Lacerda. I wasn't impressed. Dan, I think your read on Stamen is starting to look more and more true than my read on Stamen is is Cody a top 20 bantamweight at, at this point I just can't say he is and yeah. I, I was unimpressed with his wrestling too I know he was trying to stay up on upright but uh man that fight was way too close for way too close a guy Luan Lacerda being just not the same skill level yeah it was a bad he got enough to get it done, but if you're sweating that 330 ticket, I, I had Cody in, in a couple parlays, not a ton, not as much as Moises uh, and Gilbert. But out of the big favorites on this card, Cody looked the most unwarranting of that type of price tag. Definitely. Galton Almeida, ground and pound murdered Shamil Abdurakimov, Kobe notifying me, 50K. 50K. It's honestly, at this point, it just seems like something that's like a foregone conclusion for Jalton. There was a, a, I think there was a little concern that he was going to gas if Shamil could weather this, but it was a tale of two wins there. I mean, Jalton had all of it. Shamil had nothing for him. And I don't know. I mean, is Jalton going to stay at 265, do you think? Do you think he's found a home here? He hasn't really beaten up on anyone notable. I think he goes down still. He's he's still just the frame of a two oh five or um I was frustrated a little bit. I took a I took a double loss here. Um I had round one and then under one and a half in a parlay and I was frustrated a little bit with Jelton playing with his food there. Yeah. But um three total strikes ultimately good Rocky. performance. What do you say, Kobe? Three total strikes for Abdul Rakimov. I mean there's a reason why crazy impressive. There's a reason why Shamil ducked 15 fights in a row. I mean, you could see that he didn't want this. You could see this was kind of forced. Jalton is a great combination of what you look for in a mixed martial artist. I just am, I want to see him utilize it against someone not named Parker Porter, someone not named Shamil Abdurakimov. Like, I'm looking for him to actually, 
I guess Danilo Marquez, he beat up pretty bad. But I want to see him let, – let's give him someone. You know, I feel like we're slowing his his performance as well as the UFC likes to do. Okay, we, we t- touched on Bonfim. Okay, so last couple prelims, and I'll just go through all of them, and we can talk about where we want to talk. So Thiago Moises, submission over uh, Cosa. Bruno Ferreira with the counter left – Tano left hook KO over Robocop. And then Eeyore Pretoria KOs Shogun Hua on his retirement fight. Where do we want to start here? I think I think Moises, we don't need to touch much on. Dan, you had a great read. Nope. You said Moises is going to mow him. That's what happened. Moises is yep, a bad Levels. Game. Yeah, levels to this game. And I'm glad that we didn't see the Yoel Alvarez Moises and that he's advanced from there. Bruno Ferreira, Robocop. I want to talk about that. What What do you make of this? I mean, Bruno Ferreira classic is a guy. Hobocop. What's up? It's just classic hobo cop to me. You're not concerned for. I want to say, are are you looking at Bruno Ferreira as a legitimate contender at 185? I mean, every single he's undefeated, and every single win came in the first round, or at least his last six or seven have all come in the first round. He's gotten triangle chokes, rear naked chokes, and KOs in his last every he's finished every fight in the first round except one. And that fight was still a finish. So are we dealing with the guy that makes his UFC debut and annihilates uh Hobocop? Like, are we talking about a guy here who can legitimately contend at 85? Or is this more of a uh class kind of like what you said, a, a classic Hobocop stand and bang? Don't look much more into it. Yeah, I, I definitely didn't look much more into it. I took it as a puncher's chance when you get out into the center of that cage. Um, and and Rodriguez is a guy who will give you that chance every single time he fights. He has what kind of like what you said. He has all the skills of being this high-level gatekeeper, being this guy that's right on that fringe of the rankings and showing people the door that don't belong. Um and instead wants to bang with Petrosian instead wants to exit um, combinations with his chin up in the air. And, and that's just who he's going to be. He's the same reason that, I don't know, guys like Johnny Walker aren't necessarily title contenders anymore. It's just, you can't trust the game. plan. Yeah. And Johnny Walker's getting better. And we'll touch on that in a second. It's just interesting because I think moving forward, when you look at, at Gregory Rodriguez, you have a guy who it's going to be tough to bet against but also tough to bet for due to the decision-making. Bruno Ferreira, though, for me, unlike Ismail Bonfim, is a guy that I'm actually starting to watch, given the fact that the bottom of 185 outside the top seven guys, I think is really weak. And so I'm looking for this guy to potentially stack up a couple more finishes and then have a massive price tag against a guy that he should not have a massive price tag on. And then let's talk about Shogun Hua. There was a lot of complaints on social media that the UFC feeds their retirement fight vets tough fights. Is that how you felt about this? Or Because my opinion on it was that Shogun is just so beyond washed at this point that no matter who you gave him, he was fucked. Because... Eeyore, yeah, I don't have I don't have Eeyore bookmarked as a okay. top end contender yeah, at all. Yeah, um, I think this was more along the lines of you, you can just never back a guy who 
retires before his final fight. If you're retiring before your retirement fight, chances are you're not going to win that one. I think we saw like Uriah Faber um, prove everyone wrong when he did that, but he might be the legitimate only one I can think of. Uh, yeah, that and that was knew that, that was they were going to retire and still won the fight. That was a double retirement fight too, because his opponent was Jamie. P- no, not Jamie Pickett. But <clears throat> but I'm on that train. It's like he. It was a uh, Brad Pickett. Could have been right? one punch, Brad Pickett. Yeah, Brad Pickett. So it was a double retirement fight there, and so that. Maybe that's the way to handle this. I'm not sure. But Shogun was long, long on his way out. And, yeah, I I don't know what to make of it other than I feel bad for these guys who don't get out early enough. But send off to Shogun, one of the OG OGs and a true mixed martial artist through and through. It sounds like you're not adding any weight to Pretoria stock either. Yeah, me neither. Yeah, none for me. Johnny Walker, KO Hammerfist, Paul Craig, first round. That's got to be a bonus, no? No bonus. We're done with performance bonuses. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, this to me was what you've been on all this entire time, and that's just fade Paul Craig. Mm-hmm. And, and it didn't so much show me, as I just mentioned, Johnny Walker, can I trust him or not? I can trust him to bonk Paul Craig and – have enough strength and athleticism to do that but um ultimately i don't think it proved a lot for his but that's something nikita krylov couldn't do that's the truth you're right and that is credit for johnny walker this was one of two straight bets i had um the next one was on the main event we we went undefeated new year same danny don't don't follow his props follow the straight bets Yeah, Dan can pick straight bets with the best of them. It's it's the women's fights and the props that get him lost. But my question is, does the guy, does the Johnny Walker, who everyone was citing as horrible fight IQ, does he still win this fight against Paul Craig? Like, does do you give any props to SBG Ireland in this win? Or is this just the definition of free picking. You know what I mean? That's what I'm I, I think that this was just the definition of uh, athleticism matters. And and being a one-dimensional fighter is not a sustainable recipe. It, it doesn't show me that SBG has fixed Paul Craig or has fixed Johnny Walker or that um, Johnny Walker was able to stay disciplined. It shows me Johnny Walker can hit like a truck and that wasn't new. Okay, because that was my huge question marks surrounding this fight in particular was is this showing that johnny walker's improving over at sbg ireland and this fight's also weirdly interesting because the last guy to beat jamal hill the now champion which we'll get to is paul craig the only ufc loss so it's it's weird and with paul craig on a skid we'll probably never see that rematch so just weird Jessica Andrade absolutely dismantles Lauren Murphy, and Danny's proven right once again. All over Andrade. Murphy, he was selling Murphy stock since fucking five years ago. My question for you, Dan, did you lose money on it in the distance? Because they I would did not. Have... Okay, that's I did huge. not. No, I, I didn't get cute here. I, I had Andrade mixed up in a whole lot of parlays, but didn't get it cute on any kind of method. 
Thank uh, God. Yeah, no, she, but she just showed off for uh, 15 minutes. So props to her. Absolutely looks phenomenal. A couple 30, 25s in there. Yeah, it, which wow. you never see. Yeah, but you never see. It's just interesting because the it reminded me a lot of like the Ferguson, Justin Gaethje, where it's like the the commentators and the audience is like, are they seriously going to let this go? But Lauren Murphy, I'll give her this. She's tough. Standing in there still exchanging, but it was, this has to be one of the most one-sided fights in, in recent memory. And it was an interesting weekend for uh, just corner work or interesting couple weeks. I know that uh, just a couple days ago in the boxing match in the better BF, Anthony Yardy, uh, Yardy's corner stopped. It came in and stopped the fight. Yardy was still on his feet, still defending a little bit controversial, but ultimately um, ultimately was applauded and was a, a really great corner moment, um, which was interesting to compare it to Lauren Murphy and, and what she had to say uh, to people telling her that her fight should have been stopped. So that's actually really interesting because I was unaware of that. I, I usually stay off or some MMA news and, and combat sports news because country clubs, my outlet, but so I want to, I want to actually watch that to see that. But what did Lauren Murphy say about, I didn't. Lauren I didn't, was, Lauren was all pissed at everyone claiming that they should have stopped the fight or that her corner was in any way, shape or form. Um, doing their job poorly. Mm. Uh, she, she said that she was responsive on the stool, that she was, trying to do what her corner was instructing her to do. Um, then ultimately she just ran into a really tough fighter, but at no point was she at, or her corner thinking about stopping. it. Yeah. And Lauren Murphy's a different, it, it's so tough because there's two parallels to this. There's the parallel of, I understand why the ref didn't stop it. Lauren Murphy was defending. She was striking back. Like I get it. I get it. At the same time, I get why people want it to be stopped. Lauren Murphy, outside of a Hail Mary punch, had no shot. Mm -hmm. And so it, that's a consistent debate that happens inside the sport of mixed martial arts. and something that's always evolving. But I would like to see, especially with, I was guess I was going to say younger fighters, but older fighters too, the the corner really sit and and decide if if their guy genuinely can get out of this. You hate to see the Max Rodzkoff situation where he has to call it. His corner's imploring him to get back out there, and he has to say, "I'm done here." And tough scene, tough scene. Okay, real quick. Yeah, no official women's dog plays by our science last week because mm. Josiane Nunez and um, Jessica Andrade both closed in the 500 range. Zara Farron. Yes. Um, alternate science. Yep. Went two and zero though, which is a dangerous game, and we're not necessarily advocating for that. But I'll tell you real quick. Last year there were 17 fights that qualified for alternate science. And five units on each of them. Sorry, 16 winners, 17 fights, five units on each of them would have netted 13.8. Yeah, it's just so tough because it's a dangerous game. It's a We're dangerous game. It's a dangerous game. And I know the fight too. It's the Angela Hill loopy, which Danny yeah. and I could have told you to stay clear from out of the high 400s. But like Santo Shevchenko was fucking close. Like though, there, there would definitely be some nail biters. Even this like, week, Nunez Farron. Yeah, you would have had a sweep. It would have been a free, call it two units. 
Well, I'm, I'm not saying that it would have been free. I'm saying it was a sweat. Definitely for the fair, and I'm still pissed about that yeah. bullshit. But Lord Anyways. Murphy's not a sweat. Lord Murphy died. <laughs> I'm con- I, 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 that was nuts. But Jessica Andrade continues to prove to be the second best flyweight and strawweight to live. She's always the second best. She's she she smokes lemos. She smokes all these contenders. But then when she fights Shevchenko, she gets crucifixed. So I don't fucking know what's going on with her. Oh ha! Oh ha! Gilbert oh, Burns ha. rolls through Neil Magny. I mean, rolls through Neil Magny and gets a submission arm triangle choke in the first round. Neil Magny is the definition of a guy who is not a slouch by any means. A guy who's a lifelong mixed martial artist, a the guy who holds the welterweight record for wins. He's 20 and eight in the UFC going into this fight. And, Gilbert, and that guy just landed four strikes. And four Gilbert strikes Burns on Gilbert Burns. Him. Another thing I want to mention this is I was having a debate with somebody talking about how Shavkat should get a title shot before Gilbert Burns if he beats Jeff Neal. And I don't want to get too far down this rabbit hole, but Shavkat, Guillotine Magny with two seconds left in the second round. Burns rolls through Magny in the first. I'm just saying. I'm just saying one looked more dominant than the other. That's all. A five-round Gilby uh, Shavkat. Oh, sorry. I, I was in my head. I was thinking Hamza, but a five round Gilbert Hamza fight is way different than the three round fight that we, that we watched. I'll tell you that. Oh yeah. 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 It's just, it's crazy because a Gilbert's performing at such a hot, I mean, he's like 36 now and he's still performing like an absolute freak. But the other thing too, that's really interesting about Gilbert is he fits the RDA mold where He's an undersized 170. He's jacked now. He's filled out. But he, like he fought a lot of his career at 155. Shavkat could fight at 185. Hamzat should be fighting at 185. And Gilbert's competing with these guys who are so much bigger. His skill set just always is just, is just insane. It's such a joy to watch and no different here. Sounds like from Kobe, though, he did get robbed of 50K. But Poha Burns continues to... Make the ankle pickers happy. Dan, how many parlays did you have Mr. Poha in? Too many to count. <laughs> Too many Brazilian parlays cast that night. I, I, it, it's tough because I, I'm not a big tracked parlay guy. I don't yeah. like throwing like whatever, five, six, seven, eight leg parlays and um, into my third party tracker. But this was a fun night last, last Saturday in Brazil. Yeah, it was. Also, Gilbert, I have decided is the, and I know this is already known, but he is the single best Poha in the game. He really is. It mm-hmm. is so, oh, it just gets you fired up. And you heard a great one this weekend. Moreno defeats Deverson Figueredo via eye stoppage in the, in between rounds, the third and the fourth. It was pretty one-sided. I had Moreno up three, nothing. So it yep. wasn't as controversial as people are making it out. But do you, can you, Satisf- can you is it satisfying enough for you to close the door on this chapter? The reason I'm satisfied is because it seems like Figgy's satisfied. Figgy's done. Mm-hmm. The, he jumping the news and notes. We've got him moving up to Bantamweight. Uh, and he it, this didn't look. I know that we've had one or two um, of the previous couple that didn't look 
super close. But this yeah. for me out of all of them was the most one-sided fight. And it did feel like um, things weren't going to change. I know that it's, it's the most dangerous sport in the world. And we just watched uh, Izzy and um, Kamaru lose their belts in the fifth round right. when you thought nothing was going to change. Um, but with, with flyweights, it's a little different. And it really felt like Davison was just a complete step or half step behind Brandon in every part of the fight whether they were grappling, whether it was striking, whether it was footwork, whether it was scrambling. Um, there were a couple of really cool scrambles in, in that first round. But I actually marked up. Yeah, I enjoyed those a lot. I take notes fight. when I watch, and I, I I tweeted actually the other day that I wanted I needed fights to go back and watch on the treadmill. Both of you guys contributed. A couple other people sent some great suggestions. But I love marking down fights to go back and appreciate. And this was one where there were some really good scrambles that you could only see in flyweight. Only these guys are mm-hmm. quick enough and fast enough to have those, those types of scrambles. I know you're a man of quick scrambles, but it's impressive. So you're I'm okay. So you can conclude this chapter because the big question was. With the doctor stoppage, it still didn't feel over for some people. I kind of was in the camp that I'm done with it. I've been done with it. But I'm glad that you're comfortable concluding it. Kobe, you you're, you feel concluded? You're good? Wash the hands? Wash my thing? hands. I'm out. Yeah. Okay. And, and then we can keep flyweight moving, too, which is awesome. Because there's a lot of really – First time in three years. Yeah, insane. Probably the last quad championship fight back to back to back to back we'll ever see because this was kind of annoying. Brandon stuck one more it, in there. What? Brandon had one fight sneak in there with what? Kaikar France? Yeah. I think there was also the Perez um, Figgy one after the first Moreno. Am I wrong? Maybe. Doesn't there was happen. an injury in that one. There was an injury in that one. Maybe. Uh, um, but. Oh, there was. That on. was right before the first Moreno. Yeah. Before Figgy's we move on, though. Moreno four straight. But what's wild is 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 Figgy's fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven times since 2020, and six of them are between Benavides and Moreno. <laughs> like he's really fought the same people. What feels like over and over again, but. And four of those fights are in 2020, so it's only been three times since. Right, right, and and yeah, we yeah he he's he's got a fresh pool now at 35, so that will be really exciting to see. He'll fill out nicely. The weight cut won't be nearly as extreme. He probably will be more energetic, so that'll be cool to see. And then Brandon Moreno has and a Brandon, he's he's not done with those tough Brazilians. No, Alexandre Pantoja is coming. Pantoja's coming, and. They have history because they were on the ultimate fighter together. Pantoja was the one seed. Moreno was the eight seed. Very, very close. And then they also rematched in 2018 before uh, he got let go. So when they were cutting the uh, flyweight division, Brandon Moreno actually got cut and had to fight in LFA. And his last fight was against Pantoja. So he's 0-2 now. And now you have the best version of each of these guys so that's a great storyline and then i there's a couple other really good like um i think this is going to be the year of amir albazi i think this is going to be the year of manel kate so a division that that dana was trying to gut 
is now with this out of the way, one of the more exciting divisions, in my opinion. I, I am excited to see how it plays out. Plus okay. Mahomet, What's up? Plus Muhammad Makayev. Yeah, that's the scary part that we're Perennially talking. Rising. Yeah, it's insane. And there's even more like unbelievable guys we didn't even name. So 125 is shaping out. I bet we have a lot of fights at 125 this year. Unanimous decision, Jamal Hill, Glover Teixeira. Glover Teixeira is so fucking tough. It is insane. The fact that I, I made a tweet the other day, and it was such a shocking tweet, but Forrest Griffin and Glover Teixeira are the same age. I mean, that had to like sit with me for a second. I was like, what the fuck? What Glover's doing at 43 his durability, his heart, his ability. It's its truly something that we probably will never see again. I don't know how you could. It's its insane. I also want to give a tip of my cap to you, Dan. You were all over Jamal Hill. I thought that if Jamal Hill couldn't finish him early, he was screwed, and that was proven to be false. He looked good my in the main- takedown defense. What? Yeah, my main thing was the takedown defense and the get-ups. I, I yeah. knew that he would get down eventually, but I didn't think he would stay down. And the two for 17 from Glover kind of shows you that that's how the grappling went. It, yeah. it was a part of the game, but it was a one-sided part of the game that Jamal just was able to shut that part down and throw 250 freaking strikes. Yeah, and I really wanted to compliment you on that because that was a read that I – just it was way over my head I thought that the first round Jamal Hill could land those bombs he obviously is an extremely hard fight uh tough tough fighter throws throws hard but I thought that if Glover I thought Glover was going to be able to get him to the ground and also dominate on the ground and that just was not the case but again Glover getting that takedown in the fifth round I mean that's something that if you can't rally behind that and get amped up Mm -hmm. it's Glover's climbed the ranks in the recent years as a guy that I always respected to now a guy that I is one of my favorite fighters to ever do it. So he got a great send off. Shogun got a great send off. Brazil showed out outside of the title fights. All in all, I think it was a successful card. I enjoyed myself. Did you guys have a good night? Was it fun? Doing a little boozing, sucking back on grandpa's old cough medicine. Hmm? I was actually watching in a bar in San Diego. So big Tijuana influence. Like mm. Brandon Moreno was on. It was a blast. Yeah, that I love when you get because in this sport, more than any other sport, people rally hard. And it's fun when when a guy with in the crowd goes to war. But we had what was it? 15 fights. 10 finishes. We take those. We take those. A lot of first rounds, first rounders too. So to mention, uh, yeah, play of the night, Jamal Hill, Glover Cherry each, each took home fifty k. Nice little side very, very, very deservedly so. Very, very deservedly so. So that closes the book on UFC two eighty three. We got a little bit of news and notes, and then set the spread as well. So I will turn it over to yours truly, Country Club Kobe, to take over. One piece of news before some fight announcements. Demirius Magulov apparently he's got one fight left on his contract with the UFC and posted that he's going to fight it out. So we were talking about it, what, not even a month ago that he was retired. And 
I didn't really see any reasoning other than he has a fight left on his deal and doesn't want to not fight the fight on his deal. So that's kind of your classic one foot in, one foot out that we kind of are hesitant about. It, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but wasn't the retirement announcement due to health complications? That's what he said. Yeah, health, which makes you think it's mm. maybe mental health. I mean, you don't want to spend yeah. too much, but that's kind of how it adds up to me. Well, it, it almost can't be physical if he's going to, continue to fight for one more um maybe it's like a Zabit situation where he just doesn't just doesn't want to do it anymore hmm it also could be maybe i'm reading into this a lot uh or a lot more than i should um but it could be kind of this flowing trend that we're seeing that francis kind of kicked off of the UFC not being the end-all be-all. And I'm not sure, Kobe, you had this in your news and notes, but a guy that I used to have a lot of investment in, Askar Askarov, um, is back in the in the fight game, signing with ACA, fighting close to home. Um, I could see Demiris Mugulov doing a similar kind of thing. What happened to Askar, though? Did he get released, or did he – was he just done with the UFC? What was that situation? I think he – I think he left when his contract was over and he was, he was frustrated by uh, what was that result? The uh, um, Kai. Yeah. I think it was the Kai decision or something, but um, yeah, he was frustrated. His contract was up. He left and retired ultimately to join a new promotion. Well, are we seeing a, are we seeing a, a change currently because you got the UFC investing time and energy and resources into power slap. And on the flip side, you have fighters consistently speaking out about how they're not happy. Paulo Costa, I saw the other day was tweeting about how he wants to be let out of his contract is, are we seeing something on a much bigger scale? I think that we could be seeing the start of that. And, and wow, obviously we don't need to get into a Kadyrov conversation, but the money that he brings with ACA could be real significant. Well, it's just interesting because you and I both have been lucky enough to have the opportunity to work with Bellator and PFL, and they have amazing stuff going on over there. I mean, amazing stuff. The tournament settings, the Grand Prix, the brackets, the the rosters really filling out nicely. We Dude, you just said tournaments three different ways. I'm the man. He's at tournaments, Grand Prix brackets. Come on. <laughs> well, no, I meant the tournaments for the PFL playoff. Bracket is the Grand Prix. So I said I said the same thing twice. Whatever. Fuck you, Danny. It may just ignore all the movement that's going on peripherally to the UFC. But for now, the UFC's got the best talents, got the biggest name draws. But you know, it, it'd be wrong to just disregard what it's what's going on around it in the interesting though that Demir's it, I think you're right. It has to be mental. Oh, sorry. And this is the quote from Asker. Due to the fact that my return was delayed for health reasons and it was my last fight under contract, the Roy Val fight, I asked the UFC to release me. So he's, he's claiming yeah. partial health and part, just partial contract. Playing both sides. <laughs> so I always come out on top. Um, all right. I've got to Shout out to the Eagles. Shout out to the Eagles. Go Birds. Go Birds. Um, fight announcements that don't have lines made yet, but I'll rattle through these. Stop me when you're interested. March 4th, 
at UFC 285, uh, Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker. Extremely fun fight. Is that March 4th in Perth? No. Or, no, that's, be, that's Jones gone in Vegas. Yep. Interesting. That'll be awesome. Um, the following weekend at the Virgin Hotel, so in person, but a smaller venue, heavyweights Romanov and Volkov fighting against each other. Ranked opponents. Yeah. Very fun. Do we get Volkov, or I guess this is called to set the spread, but I was thinking, interestingly enough, we probably are going to get Volkov at a dog price, which is interesting. Plus, I'm excited to see Romanov again. He was like a guy who was minus 600 all the time. Danny and I, mainly spearheaded by Danny, liked the Tabura side in that one. And so it's interesting to see him return now. Excited to see that. That's the co-main on the Piotr Jan Marab main event. And we still have yet to see lines for either of those fights. But okay. that's very, I'm very interested for that Marab Piotr line. We got to get on yeah, that big, one. ASAP. Big, that's going to be a big night for uh, Eastern Bloc countries. Romanov, Piotr Jan, Saeed Nurmagomedov. And me. A um, couple of fights at UFC 287 in April. I don't, I don't think that there's even a site announced yet for 287 but i heard the i heard miami New York. oh i heard so miami we're here we're here in opposite things but east coast I heard big my, big night i heard miami's in the running for one of these cards i don't know if it's precisely that one but i know miami's name's been tossed around a lot also danny this entire time all i can think about is trying to figure out another name for tournaments <laughs> i can't even think of the word words uh, <laughs> Raul Rosas Jr. and Christian Rodriguez will be on the, I guess, probably the main card of that UFC 287. Raul kind of, Rosas, big test. Yeah, I was going to say. Is it though? The, like, white glove treatment that a lot of other prospects get in the UFC. I mean, I, I, I was kind of gave Tony Gravely a tough fight. Yeah, but I, I still think this is still a slowish build. Or is that JSP? It was JSP, but I, I still think this is a slow build. You got a guy in Rosas Jr. I mean, it's still a slow build, in my opinion. I do respect Christian Rodriguez a lot, but you got a 25-year-old versus an 18-year-old, a, a guy who's also relatively raw. But this will definitely be – I mean, it's it's definitely not easy. I don't want to brush over that. Unlikely to be on the main card, but the same week, Kelvin Gastelum and Chris Curtis. Gastelum getting rebooked from what the first fight of the first fight card of the year. I don't even know what I don't even know what to think about this anymore. My other question too is like Gastelum won the ultimate fighter. He's fought for the title, but like, is he do you think he's close to being on the like what if he gets smoked by Chris Curtis here? Like, is he gonna get cut? Like he's like one in six in his last seven. I don't think he fights more than three, four times, even with a win or two. Really? Yeah. Maybe that's a hot take. He's very young still. That's the only reason why. Because he won the Ultimate Fighter at like 23 or something crazy. So he's definitely like, I almost want to say he's only like 30. But that's, that's, that is an interesting take. I actually respect that take too. I mean, he's what? Fought once since... Well, he's had three kids. He hasn't fought since 2021. 
He's had and three he's, canceled bouts though. Emovov, Duplessis, and then Emovov again. But he's yeah, he's one in, passes you by. He's one in five in his last six. Um, Kevin but he is Holland. only thirty-one. He is only thirty-one. So that's what I was trying to get at. But Kevin Holland, Santiago Ponzinibbio is also on the two eighty-seven card. Looks like fighting right under Gilby Burns and Jorge Masvidal. Did any of you guys sit in the queue for that? The announcement? Oh, no, I didn't. Biggest waste of my time I ever. Watched, yeah, I watched the video after. Dude, Dana's like, get on for at 4 o'clock Central Time. I'm going to be doing this news. Doesn't get on to like 4.35. And then you announces. Done. Well, and then he just announces fights that we already know. And then those three. The Pereira-Izzy rematch, the Burns- uh, Masvidal, and then the uh, Hans Nibio Holland were the only things he announced. Everything else was just recapping. So he basically stole 50 minutes of my life. So the first two we'll get to in a little bit. We have lines for those. We're going to set spreads on those. Two more that we still don't have lines for. We don't have line on the Izzy Prayer. We have lines on the other two. We do have Izzy Prayer. We don't have oh. Holland. Oh, okay, okay. Um. Darren Till back in there against Gregory Rodriguez back in there. That's going to be April 15th. Wow. What a fight for Darren Till to get. How sure are you that that's confirmed? 100%? Pretty sure that's confirmed. Because I thought I heard that, and then I clicked on Gregory Rodriguez's name because I was like, that's such a quick turnaround. And it didn't, it wasn't listed. Um, I can double check my sources, but I, I would, and I feel like they never book people who just got KO'd, but uh, that would be extremely quick turnaround, right? Like he's flinching on, he wakes up from the mat and he just signs the contract to fight till. Is that what happened? (laughs) That's weird. What kind of matchups can you even book for till someone that's got to sell a fight, but won't beat him up. Right. And Greg Rodriguez might beat him up. <laughs> you got to do a guy that is only willing to stand and will only do it for like five to eight minutes. I watched, a sub- I watched a couple tweets about like who had a bigger fall, Dominic Reyes or Tony Ferguson. Not enough people are mentioning Darren Till. Not at all. That one was quoted from Okamoto, but I didn't see him tweet anything specifically calling it. So okay, well, we'll maybe, we'll maybe that one's in the ether. Okay. Um, last one: Ricky Simone and Song Yudong, April twenty second. Very fun fight. Yeah, that's an elite tough test fight. for Song. Yeah, I was gonna say stylistically. Yeah, it's a tough test for both, but that's a very I think Song will be favored, and it'll be his Do toughest you? test that he's ever had. Yeah. I think Song might start favored, but it might close in favor of. And what's interesting too is you got a guy who trains with Uriah Faber. Uriah Faber beat Ricky Simone on a freak check left hook, but they have very like Uriah's style is very interesting because Ricky's so heavily wrestling. They both train on the uh, West Coast. It's I'm it, I'm this fight's one of the more exciting ones out of out of the bunch. Shall we transition to set the spread? Dun, dun, dun. Let's Maybe do it. Sound effect for it. Um, we mentioned two of them. We do have some fights to announce that do have lines, which is the best kind of fights to announce. Um, Dan is up 2 1 
in set spread points so far in 2023 and has a 1-0 lead in our active game. So I'll take that into the first fight that we'll set the spread for. Light heavyweight, about five-round main events in the Apex on February 25th. Nikita Krylov and Ryan Spann, Dan. Go for it. Um, wow, both of these guys are guys I've really struggled to read in the past. Stop you real um, quick. This, this, this line's been posted for a month. We're, we're behind on this one, but I wanted to get the main event out there. Ryan Superman Spann, um, out of Florida's MMA, Texas guy, is coming off probably the biggest highlight of his career, maybe. Trying to look through his uh his his record here, but yeah, huge power jab knockout. I mean, Instagram real kind of knockout over Dominic Reyes. Um, on that two eighty one Adesanya Pereira card, it's a lot of eyes. I got to expect he's going to come into this one um as a, as a favorite versus Vulcan, also coming off a victory on a pay per view, but the decision over. Or I'm sorry, uh, Krylov coming off the win over Vulcan also on a pay-per-view. Um, ultimately, he might be the more skilled fighter. Uh, but I don't think that that's going to factor into the line too much. I think people are looking a lot at the athleticism that Span brings to the table. I think they're looking a lot at his KO power. I think they're looking a lot at... Um, I mean, Krylov has a, has a propensity to be finished, but it's usually submissions, as we mentioned with the Paul Craig incident. <laughs> So I don't know if Ryan's fans are going to submit him. I, I I definitely have a one in front of it. I'm not super confident here, but I have Ryan's fan as a favorite. Give me 140 flat. 140 flat. Minus 140. Yeah, I got Krylov as a favorite. I have 140 flat, 135, but I'll just call it 140. So if it's a dead split, that's cool. I have 140 Krylov. I think that that you're right in the aspect that this is a, a high point for Span, a relatively low point for Krylov. Span has all these questions about, holy shit, he's a freak athlete. He's taking training seriously. What are we in store for? But at the end of the day, I watched Ryan Span get a, a barely edge of split decision over Sam Alvey. I watched Ryan Span get just absolutely dismantled by Anthony Smith. I've never been a big buyer on Ryan Span, And I think that when you look at Krylov's resume, you have a guy who's fought, fought even though he's fallen to, but, but has fought Jan Blahovich, has fought Clover Teixeira, has fought Magomed Ankalaev. I mean, we're talking about guys who, a split decision to Glover, no less, it shows you the caliber of person that Krylov can fight. Finished Gustafson recently. Beat Ozdemir. I mean, all those guys I just named, in my opinion, hold more weight than Ryan Spann. I look Krylov minus 140. I think that if this was before what Danny highlighted, the Ryan Spann freak highlight reel knockout that everyone watched, I think you got Krylov up in the 180s, maybe even creeping towards the 200s. I just think that this definitely is a, a high point for Ryan Spann. Line makers will account for that but with this line being open for a month i would be shocked if sharps push that span even farther in my opinion i could be wrong but from someone who follows the sport obviously as close as we do i think i'd lean the krylov side to begin with i imagine other sharps will agree 
155 Krylov. Yep. Cool. And has oh. 160 at open. Okay, so it, it went a little bit towards spam, but I'm actually probably going to lay off there. I know that we have a lot of time. When is this fight? Four? No, it's um, it's in just a little under a month, February twenty fifth. Okay. Yeah, I, I I think Danny maybe the maybe the line does move closer towards span. Um, I just think in early action, I imagine we go to Krylov. Krylov definitely has a better resume. Um, UFC two eighty five. That's going to be the Vegas John Jones Cyril Gam card, and we have a prelim main event at middleweight Drakus Duplassis and Derek Brunson. Reese lead it off. Wow. That's a tough one. Yeah, that is a really tough one. Where do you put Drykus at this point in his career? Dude, I have no idea. And I've never been a big buyer on uh, Duplessis either, to be honest with you. I, I think that the Till fight was underwhelming. I think the Brad Tavares fight was underwhelming. I think the Trevin Giles fight, the Marcus Perez fights are the definition of gimmies. So... When I look at Duplessis, I see what he has to offer. I see the wrestling he utilized against um, Till. I see the striking power that he has, that he's utilized, that he's shown. I, I see it. I get it. He's also a freak athlete, but I, I think he's more raw with his abilities than a lot of people realize. He's primarily a kickboxer. He's someone who wants to stand and bang. Brunson is going to be a significantly better wrestler. Brunson is the guy who has been a perennial, I don't want to say title contender, but ranked 85er. It's just tough because you have a rising Duplessis who is undefeated in the UFC. Yeah, undefeated in the UFC, and he's 29 versus a guy who's kind of been one foot in, one foot out, just unretired and is 39. So it's this is tough, but since Brunson perennially seems to be the underdog, he was a big underdog against Shabazian, an underdog against Kevin Holland, an underdog against Darren Till, an underdog against Jared Cannonier. I'm going to stick with that. I think the public really likes Duplessis. I'm going to go Drikas Duplessis minus 155, Derek Brunson plus 135. Wow. I, I really don't have a ton to add. I come from more of the respect Derek Brunson camp, I guess. I, I've got Derek Brunson as a favorite here. I agree with you. Like, yeah, it, is this is less about what I side. think. This is less about what I think and more about what I think the public thinks. You know what I mean? Because I love Derek Brunson, too. I know you like Derek Brunson. But does everyone like Derek Brunson, or are we on an island? My big question, and might be the only question for me, is the durability. Hmm. And I'm not ready to say that the delivery method of Drykus is, is so accurate or so precise, um, a la Cannoneer or, or someone else that can put Brunson's lights out, like Adesanya. Like, it's not an easy thing to do. I've got Brunson here. I'm a little spooked by you. I'm going to go slight favorite, minus 115, minus, or that's even, minus 120. You know, I'll, I'll go even. I'll go even, play the game a little bit. 115 each way, Kobe. Bring that point home. That that actually is not that bad of a line. I don't, I'm not gonna lie. Even could be, I mean, both of our instant reaction was how do you set this? That's screams 115 to me. 
185 Duplessis. Oh. Movement, yeah. This opened on the 27th. I so don't like the eight in front of that. Oh, wow. It was like a 165 comeback on Derek Brunson. Oh. 60, but yeah. That's available. I might, I might sprinkle that right now. Pretty soon. That might see my track pays for a sprinkle. Is that a point, Kobe, or am I still – do I still need one more? 2-1. Two, one. You need one. 2-1? Two, one. You're up 2-1. Where'd the one come from? Phantom Danny point? Some well, cheese. That was the last one that we had last week. I know. I'm, I'm messing with you, you rigger. No, but now you put me under fire, and now I got to go check. No, I'm not putting you under yeah, fire. I'm just saying one. 100 Club is definitely – I ding, for- ding, ding my last one. That yeah, was like a performance for the season. Valentina. He's been known, you're right, but he has been known for phantom points. That's all. That's all I'm saying. Says the, says the only guy that's won both. <laughs> both seasons. Yeah. Um, UFC 287. Tomain, Walter Wapeout between Gilbert Dorino Burns and Jorge Masvidal. Dan will lead this off trailing two to one here. George, George, George of the Jungle. Um, wow, Journeyman George. How big am I going to go? I. This is a tough one for me to start with because it's my favorite fighter versus like the a guy that I've lost so much money fading. Um, recently come around because of the Kamaru fights in Colby, but um, that that stretch in the middle of the. Till Asker and Nate Diaz was not kind to Danny. I am obviously going to have Gilbert as a favorite. He's coming on a win streak. I just mentioned you got George coming off three straight losses, albeit to three really tough competitors, but Gilbert is right in that conversation and he belongs there. Um, I'm looking at that Colby line right now. I'm seeing the comeback was plus 250 on George. Let's see what Colby was. I'm gonna, I'm, I'm stealing this line, by the way, whatever it is. Colby minus 320 or Gilbert minus 320. The darn good line. Yeah, I, okay, this is an ultimate buy low on George Mazadal. Lost three in a row, none of them particularly close. And then you have the ultimate buy high or yeah, buy high on Gilbert Burns because he just dismantled Neil Magny. He was in one of the best fights close war with Hamzat who was deemed untouchable getting a lot of love Gilbert is these days George not so much they're both up there in age 38 36 Colby line was is very a very good barometer Dan you said what 330 it was 320 was the Colby line 320 Kamara was minus 350 and minus 260. So people are getting on to George. I, I kind of want to steal the, the the Colby line too. So the question is, is the modern day Gilbert Burns line, George Mazadal, higher or lower than the Colby line? I feel like this will say a lot about uh, MMA fans as a whole. Like, <laughs> and what their opinions are on, on mm. their buy and sell of, of Colby versus Gilbert. This is very, very hard, actually. So you locked in 320? Yes, sir. Oh, oh, my first reaction is to be at, like, 320. I mean, the Colby line is exactly where I want to set it. 
there's no way you don't have this ding ding. Um, wow, where do I go from here, bro? Two directions. Can we just call this one a wash and do a different one? I want three twenty. Sounds like I got the point. I'll do uh I'll do uh three twenty one. No, I'll do I'll do three under. 330, 330. Wait, what'd you do? You're at 320? Yeah, I'm at 320. Yeah, 321's effectively the same. The only problem though is that 330, Kamaru was 350. Kamaru beat George. Fuck it. 310. 310. 310. We're gonna lock that one in. I think I have to. It can't be higher than than Colby and Kamaru. So I'll go 310. But it is 320. I already know it's 320. Danny's on 320. Reese on 310. It doesn't start with a three. Oh, I win. Let's go! It doesn't start with a two. Ooh! No, we need to start with a four. Five hundred Gilbert Burns. That's a bad line. You get Jorge 400 coming back the other way. Wait, let wait, me wait. guess. Jorge by knockout is like plus 401. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me. I just want to make sure this is clear. By the way, opened at 600 burns. What the hell? Dude, Kamaru's highest close was 350. Colby's was 320. And they have Gilbert at 600. 500. It more about the state of gambling on UFC than it does like any referendum on any individual. Like, what do you mean? I just think they're juicing up favorites right now. Like, well, is the spread is the spread difference? No, I, I just think that they're waiting favorites. They don't want people throwing them in parlays. Hmm. I mean, we, we saw UFC two eighty three. Do we have three fights that with a one in front of them? Yeah, we got one coming up this week. Tatsuro Tyra. But five hundred. It was six. It's been bet down. I mean, think of, oh my gosh. We've got a panel of three of the biggest Gilbert Burns fans in the world here, and no one thinks that this line is appropriate. I mean, maybe like what Kobe's saying is that we're just not looking at the true odds, but the what, I, I don't know. That's crazy. Yet, yet Dan, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm not rushing to bet Gilbert, e- or I mean, Jorge either. I might. <laughs> um, I might too. <laughs> two tallies to two tallies. The fourth point of 2023 oh. on the line on the middleweight title rematch between your champ, Alex Pajeda, and former champ, oh. Israel Adesanya. And Reese is going to leave this one off. Dude, I'm rattled. I actually at 3.30 locked in, and then Dan's whole, like, I'm going to use the Colby line. I was like, there's no way it's higher than that. I mean, are they basically saying that they have Burns as a as a big, like, a favorite against Colby? I guess. They're basically saying Jorge's a part-time MMA fighter since he started his, like, whatever, game-bred, game-bred yeah. championship. Um, and maybe he's not training. Maybe they, maybe they know something we don't know. Okay. Um... Izzy's going to be the favorite. 
Um, I think that everyone saw what everyone else saw. Izzy was up four nothing or three one and, and got caught. It happens. People are calling early stoppage. I I feel very comfortable saying one eighty five for some reason. One sixty five. 165 also seems appropriate. Like that range right there, 65 to 85. I mean, people are really getting on the Poetan bandwagon because he's humongous. He was just in the news sizing up Jamal Hill. He obviously has turned Izzy's lights off twice now. He's a scary man. But I think that everyone deep down knows that barring that fifth round comeback, Izzy was going to defend and you see it with just even the way when Amanda Nunes uh, held her belt against Juliana Pena, like when she was going to get it back and Nunes was the favorite. I mean, it's, it's one of those things. So I'll go 85, Dan, if you want to go into the two hundreds, all power to you. Um, I think 85 feels pretty good. I, I, the I first matchup it. or not the first, the first MMA matchup closed at 225. So that's my ceiling. Can't be over that. We know. That. Right. Right. I'm coming down. 85 is a great number. I got to say, it does feel like I'd be betting Izzy at 65. Right. See, 65 is the other 90. Number. I'll go 75. I think I still might bet Izzy there, but uh, like I'm an Izzy fan. So I think that I found the right spot. Yeah. No one's actually an Izzy fan. One fifty-five Israel. Fucking cocksuck motherfucker. I, I literally choke it away every fucking motherfucking time. Dan's point, three to one lead in 2023. You might need to edit some of those because I scream those and people are going to be like, hurt their eardrums while they're listening. Oh my God. So I have have two questions for you, sir. Yep. First question is, when did it open? Three days ago at 55. No movement yet. Where is it available is my second question. DraftKings. Okay. Let's see. You want to go line shopping with me real quick? I just think I'm probably going to be, t- oh, I don't want to see any lines just in case, but I, I, I think there, I'm going to. There are no lines posted that we currently are waiting to set the spread for. Am I delusional for liking Izzy there? And that's from a guy who hates Izzy. <laughs> I don't know what Unibet is, but you can get Izzy down to minus 141 there. Whoa. That's a low one. I wonder if that tells you that it's going to be trending in that direction. Is he's winning this fight? Right. Money. Right. So at, at Bet Online, it looks like it opened at minus one forty-five, and it's up to fifty-five. DraftKings opened at minus one fifty-five. Interesting. Okay. I I think I don't want to give anyone a certain advice, but I do think. 55 is a line that, that I think you could get behind. I, that, 
that line doesn't bother me. 55 for a guy who was up, what, 3-1 was it? Or was it 4-0? Yeah. 3-1. Yeah. But competitive runs the whole way, definitely. Yeah, I mean, four times a all power in the world. I mean, that's that's yeah. just keeping on. Yeah. Desculpa, Poetan, Israel Adesanya, Vai Ganar. Is that yes. Portuguese? I'm going to start taking Portuguese. <laughs> I'm going to start taking Portuguese on Babbel, and then I'll see if Gilbert Burns will do an interview with us. <laughs> see me, your mouth. Yes. Brother. All right, Dan. GG's. Close this up, Dan. We'll be back, I guess, before we close up. We'll be back not so long from now, sometime later this week. With Wednesday or Thursday? For the uh, yeah. real late Saturday night card in the Apex, Derek Lewis and uh, who's he fighting? Spivak? Yeah. We'll figure out scheduling this right when we get off air and then, yeah. Dan, close this up. Oh, hi. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.